All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. Today, we're going to be talking about making babies. Now, this chat's going to be completely different to the one that your parents had with you when you were a teenager. It's going to be something, we'll say a little bit boring from a teenager's perspective. Becoming a parent is a life-changing step. It's, it's something that changes literally everything in your life. You'll hear this from other people. You've probably heard it a gazillion times before, but trust me, as a parent, I'm telling you, your life is about to change. Or it's going to change when you have a baby, depending on when you're listening to this. Now, it's one of those things as well that you don't actually understand till it happens to you. As much as you've heard it, as much as you might see things, you might have a family member or a friend that's had a baby and you, you sort of see what's happening in their lives, it's definitely only one part of that. And emotionally, so many things are changing, um, you know, for a father, for a mother, and there's a lot of commitment. There are a lot of things in your life that are never going to be the same if you have a child. But every parent will tell you that it's worth every single minute of it. Today, I want to focus on the financial side of things. And a lot of this, many people know, um, or many people assume, but there are a lot of misconceptions. And sometimes some of these points can be forgotten as well um, as a parent, because you can get caught up in so many different things like the baby room and the doctor and where you're going to have the baby and where you're going to go. And is the baby going to be here? And the baby going to sleep there? Are going to sleep in this bed and that bed? And what's going to happen? And there are so many different things to think about. But one of the biggest things that can cause some serious stress is the financial aspect of having a baby. And that could be planning to have the baby um, or even once the baby comes. So first of all, just to go through the pregnancy and birth cost side of things. So during your pregnancy and for the birth itself, um, posts, the costs can include a few different things. Um, first of all, you've got your doctor and hospital bills. Um, ultrasound and other medical costs, um, birthing, so antenatal classes, uh, maternity clothes, private health insurance. That's the general side of it. Now, one of the biggest questions that parents are normally posed with is whether they should go public or private. And you'll talk to so many different people and get so many different opinions. But just from a financial perspective, the Medicare, if you do, if you do go public, Medicare normally covers routine ultrasounds, blood tests, not all blood tests, but the, the main ones, care from midwives and obstetricians, um, shared care from bulk billing doctors, um, and you can also actually register to get a higher Medicare benefit for out-of-pocket costs. Um, and it is quite important that you do look into this. It's called the Medicare Safety Net, and it essentially explains how to be able to get a higher benefit paid back to you for out-of-pocket costs. If you give birth in the in a public hospital as a public patient, Medicare also covers your hospital stay, care from midwives um, and or obstetricians, and some medical expenses such as routine ultrasounds. Now, if you go private, 
which is an option and many people do choose to go private these days, private health insurance can help pay for some of the costs in that pregnancy. Um, And something to note is that there's usually a waiting period of 12 months before you're eligible for the cover. And the reason for this is quite obvious because you don't want people, the insurance companies don't want people to find out they're having a baby and then the next day they set up insurance and nine months later or even less, here's the baby. So there's a 12-month waiting period normally. So if you do choose to go private and you'd like to use your private health insurance, common practice is to upgrade your cover or make sure your cover covers these things when you start trying for children. And on that note, it is important to realize that with private health insurance, there are different levels of cover. And from what I've seen, it's normally the highest level of cover that will cover things like this. But it is important to talk to your private health provider to see what you are and what you aren't covered for. Now, one of the biggest benefits of going private, and this is something that my wife and I realized and really appreciated actually, is being able to choose your own obstetrician. This is, from an emotional point of view, it is important having the same person there. I mean, it was for us anyway. So from the start right till the end, seeing the same face for all the visits and all the checks and on the big day, the same person's there. Some would argue that this is a bigger benefit if potentially there could be some complications or if there is a high level or a high chance of having pregnancy complications. To some people, they literally don't care who they see during the whole process. But to my wife and I, uh, with our second and third child, we went private and to us, this was important. There are some out-of-pocket costs as well. Um, during that visit um, and it's important to talk to your insurance company um, and your obstetrician to actually see what those costs normally are and um, you know obstetricians are normally pretty good at giving you a list or a bit of an indication as to what you should expect as well. Um, Also through the Commonwealth Ombudsman there's actually a pregnancy and healthcare fact sheet that I'd highly recommend that you look up and read um, and that can be that can be accessed online as well. Now, after the baby arrives, baby's here, baby's born. What do you need? Now, apart from the bed and the, the cot, I should say, and the mattress and the sheets and the blankets that come with it, you've got baby bottles and formula or a breast pump. There are baby clothes and nappies. Um, there's other things such as a change table, um, a pram, car seat. If you haven't looked at these things before, when you start researching them, you will find that there is a different variant to every single possible thing a baby could need. Like the the baby industry is actually pretty massive when you actually start looking into it because parents care about, or some parents care about very small things. They want particular things, some want organic, some want this, some want these, you know, and you'll find yourself sounds really weird, but you'll find yourself really getting into it and actually starting to understand the difference between baby seats and prams and all these different things. Something to realize is that the cost of all these can really, really add up. So I guess just like planning a wedding or preparing for a wedding, you don't want to get carried away. You want to make sure that you, I guess you have a budget and you stick within that budget or within those, or at least as close to that budget as possible. And you also need to be aware of what the other costs are going to be so that you can plan for them. Because again, you don't want to be in that situation where you've spent a lot more on the cot and furniture and the change table than you probably should have. And suddenly there's not much money left over for clothes or baby bottles and all the emergency fund that you were hoping to have. Now, 
something that really helps is to talk to other parents with these things to figure out actually what you really need. Because again, when you go, especially when you go to the baby stores, you know, you'll see certain things or the person you're talking to is going to say, yep, you really need this and you need this and this and this. But then we talk to a parent that's actually used it. They'll say something completely different. Like, no, you don't really need that. You could actually use this, which will do two and one or yep, this worked for me. And I found myself using this all the time or, you know, things like that. Something to keep in mind, but is to take advice, listen to it, but essentially do what you feels right and to go with your gut. Because when you do talk to people, especially when it comes to children, everybody has an opinion, especially on raising children. But for now, we're just talking about preparing for things. Everybody has an opinion. And it is important to obviously appreciate that people are willing to give you their opinion and give you their advice. But you need to really go with your gut and go with what you are comfortable doing. The other thing as well is to look at potentially buying things secondhand, um, to sell things as your baby's growing out of them. So, you know, you might buy a particular pram or a particular, you know, like a baby capsule, for example, and at six months when the baby's too big for it, look at selling it. Um, you can even sometimes rent or borrow these things from friends. Um, and there's uh, a few different resources online that can actually help you with those side of things as well. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. Now, when it's time to return to work or study, um, and if you've had a break and you are ready to get back to work, or if you just feel like you really need a break, childcare is out there. And childcare is, it's an amazing thing. Some parents don't like it. And that could be just because of things they've heard. Um, sometimes some parents don't like letting go of their children and there's a, you know, that, that separation anxiety that can come in. But childcare is an amazing way for the child to develop so many different skills. And again, I'm not a childcare or parenting expert, so that's probably as far as I'll talk about the topic. But um, childcare is an option for a lot of parents, especially those that need to return to work. Now, it's really important to start planning in this for advance. First of all, because places for babies under 12 months can be really limited and you may need to go on a waiting list. The other thing as well is depending on the area that you live in, sometimes childcare, finding spots in a childcare center is actually really hard. Um, and secondly, the cost sometimes can be ridiculous depending on where you live and which city you live in and even what suburb you live in as well. So as a parent, and this is a discussion you should probably have with your financial advisor, but just to weigh up the cost of childcare and how much you'd actually be earning if you return to work. Because if the reason you were thinking of putting your child into childcare is for financial reasons, you know, aka you needing to go back to work, then you need to really weigh up the costs because in some cases, the, the cost of childcare literally outweighs the income that you'd be receiving if you went back to work, you know, depending on the type of work you do and how many hours you work, of course. And this is why it's important to have a budget um, and to weigh up your options. And another option is if you have a friend or family member that can help you, um, you know, that, that normal, you know, even if a family member can look after the ch you know, your child once one day a week, that, that always helps as well. Decisions about if and when you or your partner return to work can also affect your income, childcare costs, and your super. And as far as leave's concerned, it's important to find out what your employer offers as far as paid maternity and paternity leave is concerned. 
um, and also to check if you can use your annual or long service leave. It's important to talk to the Fair Work Ombudsman on their website. There's some information about maternity and parental leave, but these things are all part of the planning journey. And from a financial perspective, these are the things that as an advisor, we can help you with as well, just to make sure that you're looking at all the options you should be looking at and to make sure you have a plan because there are also government benefits that you could start receiving when the baby's born. There's parental leave pay, there's family tax benefit that you could be receiving every year, um, there's dad and partner pay. Um, and the other thing, there's also the parenting payment, rent assistance, healthcare card. Just because you weren't eligible for Centrelink previously doesn't mean you aren't eligible for Centrelink once you have a child. A lot of this is obviously subject to your assets and subject to your income. But when there is an extra person in the family, that changes your eligibility. It can change your eligibility. Because having a budget is so important to actually look at, for example, to to plan out your current income and expenses, look at how they're going to change when the baby comes. You know, for example, someone's income might be reducing, if not both, and expenses will be going up. Um, the, The good thing is initially babies aren't that expensive as far as, you know, ongoing costs are concerned generally speaking, that is, but they do get expensive over time. So it's important to factor these things in. Now, I'm very lucky that, you know, I've had three children, I've been through it. So when I talk to my clients, I'm able to create a bit more context into these discussions and to give some real life examples as to what they should expect. Um, So, but most financial advisors should have a pretty good idea as to what can potentially happen. Preparing, and when you've done your budget, it'll then allow you to prepare for the future, to, to start anticipating what's coming up next. And for example, if you find that there is going to be a shortfall per week once the baby comes, income-wise, if you plan in advance, you can start building up a savings account. You can start building up a bit of a, a cushion of cash, an emergency fund to be able to get you through that period of time. The other thing as well is you might start looking at saving for your child's future. Um, Could be their high school education. It could could be them buying a house, their wedding, their primary school education. Could be so many different things. Um, And it's even to look at your superannuation as well and how that's going to be affected if a person in the relationship is taking time off work for an extended period of time. Another thing to consider is when it comes to superannuation is whether you can contribute to super or to each other's super during that period of time. And also what insurance benefits you have in your super as well. Because generally speaking, without getting into it in too much detail, if a superannuation account doesn't receive contributions for a period of time, there is a chance that the insurance cover in there can cancel. Um, in fact, it's actually legislated as we speak uh, for insurance to cancel once there's been 18 months of no contributions going into the account. Now, obviously, there are exceptions to that if you've opted in to keep your insurance, etc. But generally speaking, it is important to look at how much time you'll be taking off work, to look at what life insurance you have in and outside of superannuation to either review it to see whether you need more cover or less cover or if it, that needs to be adjusted. And also, as I said, to make sure if you have insurance and you're comfortable with what you have, to make sure it's not going to be cancelled because of no contributions going into your account. Um, And lastly, from a a financial perspective, your wills. Um, You know, to to look at your will to see if it has guardianship provisions for your child or your children and to make sure that's all current and that you're comfortable with it. But again, as a financial advisor, these are the discussions that we have with you to make sure that 
A, you've planned and you've factored in all the different areas that should be factored in. And also during the process, there's nothing that's going to affect you financially in a negative manner that could have been avoided. Hopefully I've explained that as well as, as well as I possibly could have. A lot of this and a lot of this planning and a lot of these strategies that I'm talking about cannot be achieved in an effective manner unless you have a money conversation with your partner, unless you sit down together and look at what you're spending every day. Look at your budget. Do you have a budget? Should you have a budget? I would say yes. Should you have a plan? What are your goals? What are your priorities? Should you put off buying big items? Should you look at paying off some of your debt before the baby arrives to help you with your your surplus, so with your cash flow, you know, to, to help increase your surplus and your budget? All this planning really makes a big difference. And I've harped about this in previous episodes. And I cannot stress this enough as a, for a couple to sit down together and talk about finances, it is one of the most powerful things that you can ever do from a financial aspect. Because if one person is on board and one person is really managing the money and they're onto it and they know exactly what they're doing and one person doesn't, in a lot of cases... It either causes conflict in the future, or secondly, from a financial perspective, the relationship is not going to work as effective as possible compared to two people having these conversations together, or at least being on board with the situation and the strategy as to what's actually happening and knowing exactly where they're heading. I hope today's episode has helped and I hope you've learned something. Um, While I was talking, I uh, noticed that I was saying the word obstetrician wrong, and I did fix that up halfway through. So for those that realized thumbs up. For those that didn't, probably shouldn't have said anything. I would love to have a chat. Your financial advisor would love to have a chat about this exact topic. So if you are thinking of having a baby, it is really important to reach out, get advice, talk about it so that when the baby comes, you can enjoy the baby, enjoy the experience and to get ready for your second or third or even fourth. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases and feel free to share this episode with any friends or family that you think it might benefit. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.